Welcome to another episode of the Excel Magazine podcast. I am Diana Olenik, your host, and today we're going to be speaking about Ovid Works. So who is Ovid Works? They started in 2015 as a passion project inspired by the love for literature and games. She's such a nice cross-section, right? They wanted to bring traditional storytelling and interactive gameplay closer together through Metamorphosis, a game inspired by the works of Franz Kafka. I don't know if you read that book. I read it when I was in high school and it's amazing. Like it's a really great work from literature and especially about existentialism and uh, basically philosophy. Today, they are a team of 20 talented individuals working together to tell vivid stories through innovative gameplay. Their first game was the whimsical 2017 VR adventure Intercosmos, which put players in the cockpit of a Soviet space capsule plummeting towards Earth. Their next game, Metamorphosis, was a first-person puzzle platformer set in surrealist landscapes where you'll play as a tiny bag and this comes from the the book the actual book um so they put a spin on that and created a fascinating work of art and also of play i am very excited to bring today jacek devowski who is the ceo of ovid works to speak about the process of creating the company and actually partnering with other companies like Meta to bring this type of works to a wider audience through those platforms. So yeah, let's invite Jacek to come and let's do it. Thank you so much for being here today, Jacek. Today, we're going to be speaking about this amazing journey with Ovid Works. And yeah, I can't wait to get to know how did you get started. Uh, so we started the company in 2016, uh, but we actually started with a non-VR project. Uh, and, and how it all started is that we wanted to make a movie, <laughs> but no one was uh, going to take our script for for a movie based on Kafka. Franz Kafka is a, is a, is a writer uh, in a, you know, say a dark humor area. Mm. Uh, that's, that's, that's maybe not very recent, but I think it, it works very well today. And we wanted to sh sh tell a story about uh, uh, a guy who is turned into a bug and he needs to come back to being human. And it was hard to, to sell it as a script, but uh, as a, we also, because me and my co-founder are, uh, are video game freaks, uh, since we're, since we were kids, uh, we, we, we knew that it, the medium was great for telling stories and also providing, uh, interesting uh, visuals and perspective. And also at the same time in Poland in 2016, uh, there was a gaming program launched, which, which was uh, a government support for uh, video game development. So, and on top of that, I was really fed up with my corporate job <laughs> at that point. So, uh, so that was really a lot of factors that uh, allowed us to start a company. Um, my, my, my uh, co-founder Jacques, uh, 
is uh, say his background is more of an artistic background. He's a movie producer, movie director, and script writer, and he creates music and, and art forms. While me, I'm more of an analyst, business oriented person with uh, with strong uh, leaning to design uh, in terms of video game development. So. Uh, so we started with with that, with with the idea of making this game uh, Metamorphosis uh, for PC. But it was a really hard project, and actually, before we finished it uh, and released it in 2020, we needed some break. Uh, you know, we put the team, a new team, together. Uh, this was their, their first project, and for various reasons, it was very, uh, very challenging. And uh, at some point, we uh, decided we need a break, and uh, that was uh, that was a time when VR was emerging. Uh, there was no Quest then; all the headsets were uh, were connected to PC. Uh, it was very expensive to get one. Uh, was it, it was really cumbersome with all the cables, etc. But we really loved the <laughs> the technology, also because John Carmack was promoting it with Doom and with with other for various other reasons. Uh, and uh, and when we made a, a we created a meeting uh, we started a meeting in the company where everyone was brainstorming what game would they want to make and it somehow ended up uh, intercosmos 1 which is which is a space let's say escape capsule uh, with with a story um, designed for for vr and that that, that, were, that were our beginnings so let's say our first year yeah, that sounds interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I appreciate a lot the inspiration that you get from this uh, literature, right? Like, for example, willing to create metamorphosis and uh, also the storytelling that is behind uh, all the recent works that you have done. So why particularly inspired in, in those ones? Just to know a little bit about the background of those particular ones that you're mentioning, for example, Intercosmos, what what inspired exactly that that game? Um, so for Intercosmos, uh, there was a movie with a similar title, I think, or the same title, and there was also a Russian program called Intercosmos that uh, was sending astronauts from different countries from space, and they sent the Polish astronauts as part of this program. Um, so I would say. Movies and uh, and culture and the fact that space is something that's really interesting to us. Uh, I think not only to us. Uh, looking at, at, at the Chinese developments in this area and Tesla, mm, sorry, SpaceX, not Tesla, and all these other activities that are happening around the world. I think uh, it's just something that uh, as we get. <laughs> Uh, let's say as it gets harder to live in uh, in our current uh, on our current planet, everyone starts to dream mm-hmm. about, or not everyone, but definitely we were starting to think about space explorations. But, and um, VR as a medium, which transfers you know 3D and binaural sound, and it really can immerse you in even on this early age stages when it was 2017, and it was I think Rift two. Uh, it was still a very immersive experience, uh, and, and 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 it seemed to us like space flight would be just a perfect uh, fit. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So, building an experience like that one, Intercosmos, for example, 
I imagine it would require a very strong team in different areas. And I'd like to know a little bit more of the production pipeline. How does it look like? What type of team is required? How long did it take you to build it? Um, I would say it's a very different thing with Intercosmos 1 and Intercosmos 2000 because Intercosmos 1 is an experience that lasts around uh, 40 to 50 minutes and it's completely on rails. Uh, while Intercosmos 2000 is a more open, uh, has more open structure, the story is three to four hours and we also introduced recently a sandbox mode which basically allows you to travel through space at your own leisure. Um, so it depends which one would you like me to focus on. Yeah, maybe the last one, Intercosmos 2000. Okay. Intercosmos 2000 development was a bit rough because we started with the idea of multiplayer project. I think we, we were thinking about a moment where uh, Star Trek was released. There was this, uh, I think, Star Trek Bridge or something like this, a game released on VR where you were uh, part of Star Trek crew and uh, you could uh, interact with other players that were in the same room with you to to, 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 to basically uh, finish missions that were given you by the game. And you had to cooperate. And, um, and, and it was, uh, let's say, an inspiration for us. Also, we were thinking that uh, VR as a concept is a very closed concept. So you when you put it on, you are basically cut off from the world uh, you look funny when you play it, when someone doesn't know what you're doing. It just looks weird when you're just, uh, you, when you're flailing around and and trying to, I don't know, hit boxes with a sword or something like this. Um, so we wanted to have an experience that's multiplayer. Um, and we started with, uh, with, with that, um, where there would be one person in VR and one person uh, without the VR so that you can cooperate and the person without the VR would be part of the control tower and the person in VR would fly the spaceship so that there's this connection between you don't have to play alone but you can you know pick up a family member and you don't have to have two headsets just make a let's say a cooperative experience uh, and we focused uh, I'm talking I think about I'm talking about this because it took us let's say eight I think months of development of this model specifically uh, before we decided that uh, that the platform is really important. <laughs> uh, the Intercosmos One was constrained by the number of users that had uh, VR available, and so we also knew that it's really important to reach the biggest audience. And it was very clear in 2021 that uh, that the Quest Two is 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 the emerging victor in terms of popularity and uh, ease of access, price. Um, and, and so we contacted Oculus or Facebook at the time, now Meta, and uh, started discussing what we're doing with them. We had great reviews from Intercosmos One, um, really good feedback from the players. And so they were very happy to, to discuss uh, some opportunities with us. But Along those talks, we understood that they're not really interested in multiplayer. And uh, and I think uh, maybe our guess that the multiplayer would be more of the future was wrong at the time. Uh, and so we shifted to uh, to a single player mode, which is basically Intercosmos 2000 that you can play now. And that uh, creating this game took us around one year, I would say. Uh, maybe a bit more. Uh, part of the team was obviously designers, uh, programmers, uh, and artists. And this would be three, three, four, more or less. Uh, 
on different parts of the project. Obviously, we were doing some other things, but uh, let's say that would be the scope of the team to create such a game and uh, outsourcing uh, outsourcing animations of course that that as well uh for the hands and and, and eventually anything that, that needs to be animated in a specific or stylized way uh we had to hire some actors uh, for voiceovers uh that was all handled by our external company that handled the whole audio area um and the pipeline was uh, was iteration. So we, we, we kind of work in a mixed way of agile and waterfall, let's say, where we have a, a big plan of milestones that we want to reach in certain areas or uh, at certain times, uh, you know, in, in according to our schedule for release. And, and we also had some milestones with Facebook. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, creating a game uh, is a lot about experience and sometimes things look nice on paper and then they're not so fun to play anymore when you implement them. So we always have to adjust uh, the schedule on a weekly or bi-weekly basis to, 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 to be able to test uh, what we're implementing and make adjustments to the plans and to the scope of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I took a look and um, the game, of course, the art, Part. It, it looks very well done and the narrative is pretty interesting. Uh, my question is how long just only to assemble the narrative and the story, um, how long did it take you and how was that experience creating like a narrative that actually makes people to feel immersed? Because um, I believe according to the reviews, this is one of the the best things that people are saying about that game. So I'm interested to know how, how was that assembled? Well, I would say, I, I think um, for VR specifically, uh, immersion is the critical part and, and everything needs to, to work uh, in order for the immersion to, to be real. And uh, definitely the plot or the narrative is part of it. But uh, but I wouldn't say it's the most critical part. I mm -hmm. think uh, all the other parts have to work really well in order for the narrative to be perceived as some. Because narrative is mo most obvious one. There is uh, there is there are people talking behind you. You have to make some decisions. Uh, the narrative is driving your actions and giving you objectives. Uh, so you have yeah yeah you have to go out to the space station. Now you have to visit this AI, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, so this is the easiest way. This is the easiest thing to appreciate as a player. But I think, in order to be able to do that, you really need to have all the other things in place. So mm -hmm. you have to have a high frame rate, which was really the biggest uh, challenge for us to create something that looks nice and uh, and uh, and works well on Quest, which is basically a mobile. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so the so the narrative, I would say, it's two, it was two months of development, or like writing and, and iterating on it. And obviously, we were doing some adjustments based on the changes to the gameplay. Uh, but but two months was was uh, was 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 where we were really working on it and iterating on on it specifically, writing dialogues and and, and then. Uh, and then uh, recording uh, all the voiceovers takes a couple of days uh, that you probably you need to plan also to to do some additional recordings uh, by the end of the production so any changes that you make to the gameplay or to the structure of the game which is i think quite common in development of such a complex structure as a game 
uh, are a must. Um, but uh, but but what, what we really really focused is frame rate and also the fact that you don't feel uh, uh, lost in the capsule. So how to adjust the size of the letters? Uh, it's it's I by concept it's a complicated thing to fly a spaceship so how to make it playable uh, how to make it real or realistic at least uh, in terms of uh, relation to to actual space flights um and uh, how to avoid motion sickness by the way this mm. is something this is one thing that, that the helmet helps us a lot uh, because uh, because it gives you a point of reference that's strictly tied to where you're looking at in the game so you can always see the bottom of it and that puts you in the space uh, more firmly which helps a lot with uh, with motion sickness so so i think all those factors need to work in order for the game to then shine through uh, narrative as it's, uh, thank you for for saying that it's something that you that you think that, that people enjoy. Also, I also hope so. The narrative we created, I think, is very specific. Uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a very subjective thing. Whether you like it, uh, well, it's like it's like with a book or with a movie, I guess. Uh, but uh, we were always going for something a bit lighter, a bit more funnier. Uh, because the space is in general a, con- a very serious concept, so we wanted to have this kind of balance on this in this area. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing all that uh, production process. I think that is very illustrative of how definitely in the back end all of these processes and operations are happened. There is a lot that goes into creating a game per se. And uh, this is a great example of how that was achieved. Um, I think that when we see the games in the store, we really don't know the background, don't know who are the creators behind the story of them, the struggles, etc. So it's uh, great to bring all of this knowledge here and, and to connect from that side, the storytelling side, because it's the real um, process that happened to create the game. So speaking about uh, struggles, I wonder what have been the major, major challenges that you'd like to share and how you were able to navigate through them and finally overcome them. Uh, one of the struggles uh, we overcame in Intercosmos 1, <laughs> but uh, because because Intercosmos 2, because 2000, because it's the second part, is definitely something that uh, that was easier to make from the overall, let's say, concept perspective. But I would say the biggest struggle was uh, creating a balance uh, between uh, a real uh, between reality and gamification of spaceflight. So, uh, so we didn't we okay we. we I, I guess it can be argued whether this is simulator or or, or not, uh, but. Uh, uh, but but it, it is I think the, the seen as one. Uh, but I, there was a, there were a lot of things, uh, or there are a lot of things that uh, need to happen in a space capsule for it to basically thrive through space. And most of them are automatic. Um, you don't really press so many buttons when you do that. So so the biggest challenge was to so to design the capsule that allows you to have access to all the important elements uh, that are required to navigate space 
to make them structured in a way that is uh, easily easily reachable, uh, visually clear, uh, allows for the textures to be the right size and the, the things that are written under the buttons uh, to be the correct size and font. Um, and from so so I think that was a very big challenge from the artistic perspective. Uh, and I think from the design perspective, uh, on top of creating those systems, obviously, and, and gamifying them and thinking how how a system that uh, is supposed to work automatically can malfunction and how you can interact with it. I think the biggest challenge was uh, to create this uh, orbital transfer uh, because we wanted, and I, I think we mostly achieved it, uh, we wanted to uh, really adhere to the physics uh, that are behind uh, this. And this is a very precise maneuver. Um, it takes some time for you to see the results. There's a lot of information that you need to process to, to, to succeed. And uh, how to how to design this both from backend perspective, so you know what how how the system should work uh, in the capsule, how the physics should be represented, how the calculations need to be done in order for it to be more realistic, uh, was one thing, and the other was the actual implementation. Uh, so the UI and and how we convey the information to the players so they're not lost while retaining the fun factor throughout the game. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like a huge challenge because there are so many elements playing there for all it to come together and work. So it's the art, it's the UI assemble and uh, and the mechanics and the game and the story and everything. Yeah. So, wow, it's, it's a lot of work. I appreciate the details so we understand how that experience that we see there, it was really, really like there was a lot of struggles and stuff and, and to come to life, but it is an excellent product and people is appreciating it. So it seems you're also working in other projects right now. And if you want to mention a couple of them and, and what are they about? Uh, I think the one that I would like to mention the most is Metamorphosis. It's the game that we basically started the studio uh -huh. to fund, to create. Um, and why I'm mentioning it now specifically, even though it was released two years ago, is because we we obtained the rights to it. Uh, because we we misjudged the, the complexity of the game when we were developing it, uh, specifically because uh, it happens in the micro world. So you are a tiny bug, and that creates a lot of problems in design in Unreal Engine. But also, we wanted to tell a story uh, from Kafka, from, from Kafka's books that is happening in a real size. So also this combination of small character with, with their immediate surrounding and what they can engage with together with this huge narrative happening in the background challenge from all the perspectives, uh, visuals and programming to make it smooth and, 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 and the narrative and uh, like uh, everything was harder than we anticipated, even though we cut the game like a couple of times throughout the development. So we needed to go to the publisher to finalize, to finish it. And 
the and the publisher uh, supported the development and uh, and the porting and the yeah they they I I wouldn't say they 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 did a really great job so uh, so recently we we came back to them and say listen give us back our title because by by the according to the agreement they were supposed to have it for five years. Um, but uh, but we convinced them to give it to, back to us because we think that we can handle it better. So now we're working really hard on promoting this game. It won, you know, a couple of awards like oh. uh, SEO awards for uh, for music score. Uh, we have we have amazing soundtrack in this game um, and many many other. It was finalist of many other. Uh, let's say ex- exhibitions but it never really got uh, a wider audience so we're hoping now with various activities to to promote it a bit more mm-hmm. um other than that we are also uh, working on uh, nemesis distress together with awaken realms um it's a it's also a game in space but it's a horror multiplayer horror um so let's say we can we we could a bit uh expand our multiplayer experience through through the message distress it's still in early access um, but uh, it recently i think 10th of uh, october this month uh, got a really significant update that people uh, really love but uh, again it's uh, it's hard to promote a game that's in early access and that already had a launch a couple of months ago so uh, so un- 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 unless we really pour money into marketing on launch the final product, uh, it's hard to wor- get the work- word out. So definitely something that I would like to mention. Mm-hmm. But uh, most most of it definitely Intercosmos 2000. We're still developing it. We're uh, we we updated the game this I think this week or uh, last week, uh, maybe last week. Uh, with this um, uh, sandbox mode, and we're planning to to add some more features to it going forward. So definitely check this out as well. Wow, that sounds so great! A lot of interesting stuff to explore out there. I'm pretty interested myself in Metamorphosis because I read this book many many years ago. When I was in high school, actually, and it was for the philosophy class. So mm-hmm. I am very, very excited about this. I'm inviting everybody. And of course, we're going to make the corresponding invitation in all the marketing materials once uh, this mm-hmm. is released, because um, it, it sounds like a pretty artistic work and it's um, fun to explore, especially for people who like philosophy or these um, other perspectives about existence and stuff so it's very interesting thank you for bringing that to life by it's, the defi- way. It's, it's definitely about that yeah sorry <laughs> yes i am saying thank you for bringing that to life that type of work to life because we don't see many works of that type outside like no, no not with that edge you know like so so there is a lot of interesting stuff that i see you you guys incorporating the games and i i like to highlight that so thank you yes um so is there anything Thanks. that you wish i had asked you today or something that you'd like to add um you said uh i think uh, in 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 the invitation uh i think you uh 
like something that uh, like a takeaway or something like this yeah yeah please. i was uh, yeah. i was just uh, because when i was uh, when i was uh, you know waiting in the in, in the waiting room for the meeting to start i was thinking about this a bit and i would say after releasing four games uh, and uh, being six years on the market my biggest takeaway uh, for someone who would start developing for for either VR or PC or the consoles is to first analyze the market trends and then plan accordingly. Um, we definitely came from, okay, what we want to do, <laughs> irrelevant what the market wants. And that that somehow um, is 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 obviously we we made some uh, misjudgments in terms of marketing activities etc. But uh, but I think uh, it's important to be also a bit grounded. Uh, and unless you're a you know a developer that works uh, outside of your core hours of work and you just do it for fun, uh, then, then obviously you're not you're your living is not tied to it. But with your first game or, or like say the second game, if you wanted to fund the really fun and interesting projects, I would start with, with, with something that you believe is something that markets wants. And then when you establish your brand, uh, maybe uh, shift into something that you feel like you would love to do and not necessarily this is something that people immediately will grab, but you need to convince them a bit. Yeah. I think that that's a great uh, lesson. We we typically feel very driven by the passion of the moment, the talents that we have. But um, in order to make something like this to come to many people and to actually see the success of people using it, because I believe that's pretty much most of the purpose. Most of the times that's the purpose uh, to bring this to wider audiences or to more people to use it. Um, it starts with how they would receive it, um, how much they like it, and the initial um, tests, studies, etc. About what is the probability that it could be um, that people would be take it. it. This type of industry, when it comes to games, is a little bit different when you have a product, even if it's a an an app, a regular app, etc. Because Usually in regular apps, we assess um, if like the usability and how how people how often they are gonna use it in their in their um, tasks or, or whatever the utility. But when it comes to games, it's uh, a little bit difficult to assess that, right? Because it's not based on on that usability, but on the on the on the other side, which is just like part of entertainment or or how people. You know, when when they are just driven by the interest of playing a game, so I see yeah, I for games it's, it's a little bit more tricky, maybe, to assess that. I would say, you know, it's it's. I think it's a bit like movies. Uh, you never really know what yes. people would think. I I, exactly. I think uh, the you know the directors of Matrix Three were sure that it's going to be a big hit. <laughs> and I guess it was in box office, but you know when you talk, or, or the same was with George Lucas and 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 the and the new Star Wars Phantom Menace going forward, right? You know how the sentiment goes for those. And, and, and I'm sure he was spending years thinking about what needs to be done there. So I, I would compare it in this way that really only when you have the final product, you can really look in, 
look at it. And there's a lot of stories when you when you read about game development. There's a lot of stories where um, where changes are big changes are made at the last moment, and they mm-hmm. they, they they become the the major let's say uh, point of the game's success or, or reason. Mm-hmm. But but there's definitely ways to to, to do it because mm-hmm. you know you, you can see what games uh, are being played what games are most popular mm. um, those are the, those these data is accessible um, through SteamDB on quest you can just see what games are being promoted uh, number of reviews uh, is a good indicator of how many people bought the game and so you know if you spend some time and, and you go through it the market you, you can see and also Obviously, you know, when you think about developing a AAA title, probably takes three years, four or five. In, in terms of Elder Scrolls, it's probably more like seven years before they make a game. So that's a bit different story. But these are all established IPs and something that, you know, you know you have an audience for. Well, when we're talking about more of, a, uh, let's say, indie development, I don't think the the development time should be longer than two years, unless, like I said, you're just one or two people doing this for fun. Um, and, and and for that specific range uh, or time slot, I, I think it's 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 reasonable to to try to assess the, where the market is going and where the sentiment of players is going yeah. to head to. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you so much for adding that. Yeah, and those are great ways to know, to try to assess and, and so to have a, a little bit of higher level of confidence in order for, for the game to be actually developed and investing all of these huge resources. So yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that. So where can people download or where is that available actually all the platforms, especially metamorphosis that you'd like to highlight? So, but- Metamorphosis, I would highlight the PC version because this was the one made by us. Uh, the, the the game is available on Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch as well. But those ports were made by uh, by the publisher. And, and and while PlayStation 4 port is, is I think, quite decent, uh, Xbox still playable. I would say Switch is a disaster. So uh, so that also something that hurt us. So so. If you can play the game on Steam, uh, on PC, um, uh, and if you own a console, then try it on PS4. And uh, if you don't have a PS4, Xbox uh, One. And in terms of uh, Intercosmos, uh, for now it's only available on Quest. Uh, but if you have, if you if you don't have a Quest, but you have a PC VR. Uh, give uh, Intercosmos one a go. I think it's like five dollars. Uh, I, I would say it's definitely worth the the buck. Um, uh, so you can download it from there. Uh, and we'll be. I hope we'll be bringing Intercosmos two thousand also in the future to 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 PC VRs. But uh, that is something that we still need to put into our pipeline. Uh, Nemesis Distress is a PC only title, like like an early access uh, thing. So obviously also on Steam. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a great talk about this amazing production process, your um, artistic approach, the type of works that you've been making, the struggles, etc. It's been very, very useful. 
Very, very valuable. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure the audience is going to take you. a lot of value out of this. And yeah, so yeah, thank you so much for uh, sharing your insight, your experience, your knowledge. Um, we really, really like to know about maybe some updates on to the last one that you're creating. And so let's keep connected to continue sharing the journey of COVID Works. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Bye.